Mike Rags and Todd Burlidge with a Blue Gold Report podcast. Fighting Irish sports from the inside out. Subscribe to the Blue Gold Report. It's not just talk, it's the Blue Gold Report. And welcome to another edition of the Blue Gold Report, brought to you by D.O. McComb Sons Funeral Homes in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Those folks have been with us for a long time, and we certainly appreciate it during some hard times right now. We're kind of scrambling around, trying to figure out in our day-to-day lives what's going on, and trying to figure out how to convey messages about Notre Dame and Notre Dame sports to the folks that enjoy it. I'm Todd Burlidge. I will be your host today. I'm going to be joined by a couple guests up the line. I'll introduce those two in a second. A lot to cover here. We're going to kind of give you an update, a lay of the land, which is obviously subject to change, which what's going on with, with campus as far as the virus and the shutdowns and those types of things. Take a little peek ahead. I hate to be Debbie Downer, but I just don't like what I see as I peek ahead. Uh, we're going to be joined by Andrew Mentock. He is a staff writer for Blue and Gold Illustrated. Does great work, covers a lot of different avenues. He had a terrific story this week that I wanted to address on what Ian Book was doing. He was in Omaha, Nebraska, working out with Sage Rosenfeld, kind of a journeyman quarterback, perfecting his trade a little bit during spring break. And and during this downtime, I think it's important for guys to get out there and get any coaching they can because they can't get it from their own coaches other than online or via text or phone or FaceTime. Also going to be joined a little bit later in the show by Mike Singer. He's BloomGold.com's recruiting insider, does a great job breaking news, and he's going to sort of spell out this was supposed to be the recruiting weekend of all time, recruiting weekends for Notre Dame. Obviously, that's all been washed away. So what impact that might have in the immediate and perhaps long term, Mike will talk about that a little bit. And I'm just going to kind of, again, give you a lay of the land on what's going on with the corona situation. But as we start every show, let's start with some blue gold nuggets. I have a three-pack for you. UNLV, Running Rebels, they announced that on, what's this look like? Uh, October 22nd of 2022. So what is that? That's 10-22 of 22. They will come to Notre Dame for a one-and-done game. I believe they were paid $1.3 million to come here supposedly to be the sacrificial lamb, although sometimes these games go a little onerier for Notre Dame than expected. The running Rebs have never even played in the state of Indiana, let alone Notre Dame Stadium, so they will be here. Does not obviously come as the season opener because the 2022 season opened Ohio State. BetMGM.com released its odds to win the national championship this year. Notre Dame, not bad. Checked in at number 7 at 20-1, to 20-1. Clemson leads the pack. Obviously, this is uh, for the 2020 season. Clemson leads the pack at two and a half to one. Ohio State three to one. Alabama three to one. Georgia nine to one. LSU twelve to one. Florida ranked one ahead there of Notre Dame fourteen to one, and then Oklahoma actually one spot behind Notre Dame at twenty five to one. Griffin Eifert, great bloodlines. The Eiferts. It's uh, Tyler Eifert's. Younger brother, 6'1", 195-pound wide receiver from my alma mater in Fort Wayne, Bishop Dwenger. He has been offered a preferred walk-on opportunity here. Obviously, I mentioned the good bloodlines there. Great player for Bishop Dwenger. The kid's still growing, man. He's young, and I would watch Griffin Eifert. He may be a preferred walk-on now. 
but you might get a little bit more of this kid uh, out of this kid up the line uh, than a preferred walk on status. Again, six foot one, one ninety five. We'll wish him well. We'll keep an eye on him when he gets here. All right, that's it for you, blue gold nuggets. Corona stuff. Got to address it here. It, it stinks, that's for sure. But since last we talked, Notre Dame had originally said they were going to close school down, close face-to-face classes down until April 13th. We even said last week that that was kind of a definitely wishful thinking. The campus is officially shut down now for the entire spring semester and we sort of knew that coming. So all the kids spread out all over the place. They're taking their classes online. Uh, full online classes begin Monday, 323. They're letting the kids kind of after spring break sort of get their bearings and go from there. There's a big list of events that are supposed to be held on campus at the stadium, especially that we're going to have to keep an eye on. And again, I've been a little bit of a Debbie Downer on this coronavirus thing, but I think rightfully so here. Here's what's coming up. Commencement at the stadium on May 17th. I don't give that a chance. Father John Jenkins, university president, still says that's going to go down. I just can't see it. I actually have tickets to the Billy Joel concert at the stadium on June 20th. I'm kind of writing that one off as well. Now, here's where the folks are going to be a little bit more interested than my my concert and commencement. With Notre Dame scheduled to open its football season on August 29th in Dublin, I just can't, I'm really struggling to find that happening. An international trip with a bunch of kids, a bunch of family members, a bunch of administrators, an international trip. I'm struggling with that one. That is on August 29th. That would be the season opener, the 2020 season opener. If you have that, you're probably going to have to open camp on about July 28th. So now that window is getting shrunk in quick. I know it sounds like a long time off, but it's really not. It's it's going to be here before you know it. I am totally, I'm, I'm so concerned about whether or not they're going to play this 2020 football season, it, it just it's impacting all of us in, in every way. Notre Dame would open at home on September 12th against Arkansas. I'm still even even at that point in September struggling to see a way that Notre Dame can pack 85,000 people into a stadium to breathe on each other and then go their separate ways. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I'm taking a lot of heat on some message boards for suggesting such things. But it just it, it just seems like a tough situation for me. Again, I hope I'm wrong. That's kind of where everything stands. But kind of where Notre Dame stands and some of the kids I feel the worst about, is, it's the spring sports teams. And there is an initiative by the NCAA that's talking about giving the spring sports senior athletes another year of eligibility. I would love that. I think it's the right thing to do. It's going to create a lot of logistical problems, though, for sure, because now all of a sudden... The freshman coming in that thought he was going to get a chance to compete for a starting spot at, at, at center field or where, where, you know whatever sport you want to pick there, lacrosse, uh, forward, whatever it is. Now all of a sudden he wants to in, he he wants to have that chance, but now all of a sudden a graduated senior is coming back to take it. So a lot of logistics to work out. But when you're looking at these guys, baseball they were eleven and two. Notre Dame baseball was eleven and two at one seven straight. You know, a lot of kids just had the rug pulled out from under them, and they they may want to come back and compete again with first-year baseball coach uh, Link Jarrett. 
Lacrosse was number two in the country, seven and zero, off to their best start in in, in in Coach Halfpenny's history. And then fencing. This is the one that gets me quite a bit because I had a chance to talk to Coach Gia. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. Um, he he's from the old uh, Soviet Union area, so it's a very long last name. But he's a super nice guy. Obviously lives in the states now. Been with the Notre Dame fencing program since 2007. His team had just won four out of six regional matches and qualified the maximum 13 that you can have in the NCAA championships. He was set to make a very terrific run and a legitimate run at a third national championship in the last four seasons. Everything gets ripped out from under him and his student-athletes. So he would be another one if this NCAA, I don't want to call it a proposal, the NCAA is recommending, NCAA is recommending that the conferences and the schools allow these students to have another uh, another year of eligibility, the ones that the graduating seniors that have one taken away. It's a good debate. It's a tough debate. We have a lot of other stuff to get to today. Perhaps we can revisit it next week. But I do want to pop this clip in about Coach Gia, the fencing coach at Notre Dame, veteran fencing coach. Talk about kind of the disappointment his kids felt. It happened quickly that we couldn't even get the team together to kind of convey the, what we felt. It was a chaos. I made the phone call to other seniors. Uh, besides, besides writing the letter to the team to thank them for the season, called the seniors personally and thanked them for the dedication because few of them, it was the only opportunity they had, they had to, you know, for NCAA uh, participation. They qualified as a seniors. Four years of hard work, and uh, it was was the hardest to tell them. They accepted the fact that uh, competition was not going to happen, but it's still hard to accept that. That was the hardest part, but again, they're growing up, and in scale of the problem exists right now, I think it was uh, understandable from everybody uh, what the solution was going to be next. From athletically speaking, we were peaked on the right moment. Uh, the confidence was flying high. There was all the ingredients to make something happen out of it. And we're talking about attacking the, the title, national championship title. But again, um, it is what it is, and we understand the situation. Um, the only hope is to get back to business as fast as we can so when normal get, life gets normal to start training to make it up for next year. And so on a show filled with coronavirus talk, we can get a little bit of a more positive spin here. I'm trying to get a handle on what some of these kids are doing in the meantime. They're obviously supposed to be with their coaches during spring ball. So they're being asked to do a lot of stuff on their own, and kids are finding creative ways of doing things. Ed Miller, he runs a camp called The Rack down near Atlanta. He brought in four Notre Dame kids to work out during spring break. Kyle Hamilton being the most notable of them. But linebackers J.D. Bertrand, another linebacker, Jack Kaiser, and cornerback K.J. Wallace. So they spent some time there working with Ed Miller, working together. It's such a tough situation because you don't really, you're not supposed to huddle kids around. It, it, just everywhere you look, coronavirus is impacting what we're doing. But those four kids were down there working out. Ed Miller knew Kyle Hamilton because this took place in the Atlanta area. I think most notable this week is quarterback Ian Book was in Omaha, Nebraska, spent two and a half days there working with Sage Rosenfeld. He's a NFL German quarterback. I think he spent about 10, 11 years in the league. 
wasn't so much technical stuff. It was more about studying film and studying sort of the cerebral ways that book can become a better quarterback. So let's bring in Andrew. He did an excellent story that was very well received on blueandgold.com. How are you, my friend? Doing well. How are you doing? Not too bad. In a weird time we're living in as we scramble around to try to find stuff to write about. I really enjoyed, and I already referenced it before you came on air here, the story you did on how some of these guys, uh, mainly Ian Book, are spending their time away. You know, they're trying to obviously stay sharp, and, and he was in Omaha, Nebraska, working with a former quarterback, Sage Rosenfeld. Just tell me, I guess, Andrew, about your conversation with Coach Rosenfeld and what you took away from it. Yeah, so so like you said, Book was down there. He was down there for about two and a half days. He actually lived with Sage in his house with his three kids. Um, spent a lot of time um, in his movie, in Sage's movie room, watching film, breaking stuff down. Um, and then they did a little bit of work at a, at a local facility. So that was over spring break, um, and that was kind of as all this coronavirus stuff started coming out. Spring practice was canceled, so Sage was around then. And Book was getting calls from Brian Kelly and Tommy Reese and stuff like that, telling him, hey, this might be happening. Um, Book was actually supposed to go from there to South Bend and said he's back home, it sounds like, in, in Northern California. But, um, yeah, it sounds like during during those two and a half days, it was really, you know, breaking down what it's like to to be a quarterback at a high level and looking at things that can be improved on, watching old Ian Book film, mm-hmm. but also looking at guys in the NFL that he can aspire to be. You know, other, other smaller guys like Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, for the, the uh, Seattle Seahawks guys who are a little undersized, but they're obviously still, you know, Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. So kind of a little bit of everything, but it, it sounded like it was 80% watching film, 20% getting on the, the field a little bit. Yeah, it sounded like Rosenfeld was more into sort of the cerebral end of things, more so than the technical aspect. How important do you think, as you've watched Ian Book's career kind of progress, how do how important do you think the advice that perhaps he can pull from Rosenfeld will be? I think that's, a, that's a, probably a big part of his growth. You know, I mean, he went from uh, two seasons ago to being, obviously, a guy who just kind of burst into the scene, got a lot of praise for some of the stuff he was doing. Obviously, they went to the college football playoffs in 2018. And then last year, I think he dealt with a lot more, you know, Notre Dame is covered so extensively like by people that, like us, the national media, that I think there's a lot of criticism on book having to go that extra step and, and mature and still develop while having all this pressure on him. And, and last year, people had a lot more film on the different things book was successful at in his first year as a starter. So I think it really give, gives him an opportunity to see how somebody like Sage, who was in the NFL for 12 years, Kind of, kind of what he learned and took to be a, you know, a pro's pro and, and those type of things. So I think that could be be really important for him as you know going forward. You know, I mentioned that group of Notre Dame players and Bertrand Kaiser, uh, KJ Wallace. I'm sorry, four Notre Dame players along with Kyle Hamilton working out in the Atlanta area. Do you have any feel? Is it or is everybody on this team trying to do a little something with with these sorts of workouts? I think they're doing as much as they can. I know Kerry Neal owns, I think it's Win Performance. It's in like the, the greater Chicago area. Um, I know some of the guys are, you know, 
<laughs> in Illinois or trying to work out there, but I know his his shop per like city ordinance isn't allowed to be open right now. So I, I think there's guys who are all trying to do stuff, but a lot of workout facilities across the country are actually having to be closed right now based on what the state or local government is dictating. Right. So they can do what they can. Um, and they can always go outside by themselves or maybe, you know, you want to be careful about being around too many people. So um, I definitely think from what I can tell, a lot of Notre Dame guys are, are trying. I even not out of South Mensa, the Fort Worth area, I believe, and he asked, are there any Fort Worth area gyms open right now? And he put that on Twitter. So I think they're all probably trying to do something. So It's going to be interesting, Andrew. I think if and when they eventually come back, it just seems like every one of them are going to be fat and chubby. (laughs) 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 We're talking to Andrew Mentock. had to throw that in there. BGI staff writer. Andrew, hey, that takes care of me. Tell folks where they can find you, what you got got going on. It's nerdame.rivals.com. And then my Twitter handle is at Andrew Mentock. And that's uh, Mentock spelled M-E-N. T-O-C-K. Perfect. Andrew, appreciate the time, man. We'll definitely have you on again. I wish we had more, uh, uh, some better stuff to talk about, but we'll make through, we'll make do with what we have right now. I appreciate it, my friend. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and uh, stay safe out there. That's Andrew Mentock, and we appreciate his time very much. It's a great story. You'll have to get it at blueandgold.com. If we have not talked enough corona, and we're not quite done with it yet, I bring in, as I introduced earlier in the show, blueandgold.com recruiting insider Mike Singer, a colleague of mine, a fine writer, and definitely a great reporter. He's always chasing something down. I don't envy Mike because I think he works 24-7. That Mike, thanks for joining us, man. How you doing? Good as I can be, Todd. How are you doing? <laughs> Not too bad. That is definitely a younger man's job uh, than I'm equipped for. All of what's going on, the cancellations, the suspensions, they really impact everything. And I think maybe one of the more sort of overlooked storylines as we sort of look at the immediate, the future, the dynamics recruiting has uh, that's being impacted. And I know this was going to be a huge recruiting weekend for Notre Dame, perhaps one of the biggest in Brian Kelly's career here. Yeah, there's going to be over 10 four-star prospects in the 2021 class alone visiting Notre Dame for the March 20 to 22nd weekend. Uh, Five of Notre Dame's commits were expected. You had uh, several four-star offensive linemen. I mean, this was uh, just going to be such a big weekend. I kind of had the over-under at about uh, one and a half commits, new commitments coming out of this weekend. It was going to be uh, pretty big, even if they didn't land commitments, just getting uh, those big time recruits. And even some in the 2022 class, now sure. we're talking about high school sophomores were going to be coming in. Even a 2023 from Missouri, a good tight end, was going to come in as well. So it, it hurts for this weekend, but there are there's a lot of questions we don't have answered. The the NCAA enacted a dead period, which basically means recruits can't come on campus, and also coaches can't go out on the road and recruit. So they enacted this dead period through April 15, and through is the key word there. Right. They can extend it into May, into June, and April was supposed to be uh, official visitors. Uh, just last year, the year before, the NCAA created this spring-slash-summer official vi- visit time where April to June, you can have these kids, on the uh, on your dime now, rather than just having official visitors in the fall and winter, you could have them in the spring and summer now, um, and that's all pretty much up in the air. I mean, Notre Dame was even going to have some official visitors 
for that April 3rd to 5th weekend. Landon Tangwall is the four-star offensive lineman from Maryland. He was going to visit both weekends, March 20th and April 3rd, and now he can't come in, and he might not go to Notre Dame now because he might not get to visit. Again, he hasn't visited in a year. He's been to Penn State like six times. When the kids get to campus, when the recruits get to campus, it does very much sell itself. When you look at Notre Dame's place geographically, it's standing when it comes to recruiting against the big boys. Is it more of a disadvantage during this dead period, during this downtime to Notre Dame as perhaps some of the southern schools, or is that just too early to answer? Yeah, I got different thoughts here. First of all, I mean, you got Chicago, you got recruits in Chicago, you got recruits in Detroit, Indianapolis. So South Bend's kind of centrally located there. So, I mean, obviously it's not as a talented recruiting base as uh, a Georgia or a Florida or an Alabama. You have all those recruits in your backyard. But South Bend, I mean, recruits can get there rather easily, but when Notre Dame's a national recruiting brand and they're recruiting right. um, L.A. as much as they are Chicago, it, it's tough. So Notre Dame really had this March 20 weekend, let's say, hey, let's get all of our top targets here, let's get all of our commits for this one weekend and just have it be a big recruiting weekend. So when that gets canceled, like I said, a guy like Lana Tangwall from uh, the Baltimore, Maryland area, he hasn't visited in a year. It's just tough for him to get to, to South Bend. I mean, you fly in direct. The South Bend, well, that's a little bit more expensive. You fly in Chicago, then you got the, the drive over, so um, it's just not as easy. So that's not uh, a huge deterrent for Notre Dame, but in terms of visit, you know, Notre Dame was just counting on this weekend, and now they're not going to have it. To answer another part of your question, Todd, look at what Kansas and Les Miles are doing. They had a, a virtual recruiting day where it was like, I mean, they tweeted it out, the schedule, it was a full-day ordeal with uh, videos of tutorials and, and uh, walking through the campus hmm. and TikTok videos. Todd, I know you're big on TikTok. No, you probably don't know what that is. No, I really TikTok do because I, I, I have a 13-year-old daughter, so absolutely, I'm all into go. TikTok. Okay, all right. Forgive me. I just learned what it was last week. <laughs> they were doing TikTok videos with the coaches and then FaceTiming with the coaches and recruits. So it was a whole thing. So Notre Dame has to get creative. Um, and FaceTiming and, and calling, there's really no excuse for the coaching staff to not really be recruiting hard right now, hitting the phones, FaceTiming, texting, um, because, I mean, there's not a whole lot else to do right now in the, in the entire country with everything pretty much being shut down. So if you're healthy and you're a Notre Dame coach, you've got to recruit right now. Where does that come from? Where do those initiatives come from? Uh, they're obviously going to be so important right now. We don't know how long this is going to go on, and I guarantee it's going to go on past May. I, I think I think everybody listening can agree with that. But how how yeah. is Notre Dame equipped to get on board with these sort of online initiatives? I mean, if Les Miles, his staff's coming up with it, I'm sure uh, you know Brian Kelly's got you know people who could uh, kind of put this together and, and come up with something like this. It, it's just something that takes a little bit of effort, takes time. I mean, if it is really a 12-hour thing, that's that's like a, a full official visit sure. weekend that, that you're now doing virtually. Uh, probably got to go into the office and, and, and do all this stuff. So um, it's like a real recruiting weekend if you are spending that much time virtually. But, I mean, it's important for, for Notre Dame. Um, like you said, who knows how long this extends? Uh, Notre Dame's got a handful of commitments right now, but obviously 
the class is only what a third full at this point. Right. So, um, and, and this is obviously not a problem that just Notre Dame is facing. Everyone's, um, you know, struggling with this and how this affects recruiting. We do take this for a few months. Now you're looking at some of these, um, you know, big games upcoming this fall. The Clemson game might be the biggest recruiting weekend of the Brian Kelly area. Seriously, if, if Notre Dame can't have any official visitors uh, this spring or summer and then they're just in the fall during the season, cross my fingers that they have a football season, right. then, uh, then, yeah, then you're looking at just monstrous uh, weekends during the, the football season trying to sign a big-time class in December. Talking to Mike Singer, blueandgold.com recruiting insider. Last one for me, Michael. I want to back up a little bit to where we started when you're talking about having all these top recruits coming in and a lot of the really primetime already committed guys here, it seems like that camaraderie and sort of that sales job that maybe the guys are already committed to can only help as well. How disappointing is it to lose that dynamic? Yeah, in terms of the Notre Dame commits, they're pretty tight. Um, you know, Blake Fisher, if, if you're listening, you follow Notre Dame recruiting at all, and you probably have heard about Blake Fisher. He's a, a borderline five-star prospect on rivals just outside of five-star status um, from the Indianapolis area, a uh, 6'6", 320-pound offensive lineman that could be tackle, could be a guard for Notre Dame. Um, but he he's regularly on FaceTime with the other commits, and they're doing a great job of trying to recruit other prospects to join them in South Bend. Of course, Notre Dame quarterback Tyler Buckner um, from the San Diego, California area is doing a, a good job there. So, um, you know, those guys have a tight bond. Uh, last fall for the USC game, they were all on campus together. Uh, I think six of the seven commits were, and um, you know, spent a lot of time together. So they're, they're all close. But th- this weekend, having them on campus uh, for that March 20 to 22nd visit weekend was, was going to be big for them. Recruiting guys like Lane Engwall, who I mentioned earlier, uh, health noted in recruiting, you know about him, number one all-purpose back in the country, sure. borderline five-star guy that Notre Dame has been targeting for like 10 months. Uh, Lance Taylor's been recruiting him really hard. Doesn't so. he have a 10 at the uh, school's parking lot? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, seriously, Lance Taylor, um, literally every chance he gets to go uh, to Weddington High School just outside of Charlotte, he's there, um, seriously, every single week. <laughs> so... Uh, during recruiting period. So, um, yeah, Taylor's done a great job in that recruitment. But, again, going back to geography thing, he's able to visit Clemson, which is, I think, two and, two or two and a half hours from Charlotte. He's able to visit there a lot. He right. was just like His last visit was to Clemson. He's only been to Notre Dame once. So if he has a top two of Clemson and Notre Dame, he's visited Notre Dame once, which is for the uh, USC game in October, and he's visited Clemson probably four or five times. So it's just tough when you're there so often. That's probably the one guy I was keeping the closest eye on for this this recruiting weekend coming up here. Mike, that takes care of me. I appreciate your time. Tell folks where they can find you, man. Yeah, blueandgold.com. Head there. We have a Always run in a special promo, whether it's uh, try us for 30 days or right now if you uh, join uh, on an annual subscription, you get uh, $50, excuse me, $49.50 uh, <laughs> to the Rivals Fan Shop powered by Fanatics. And you can follow me on Twitter at BGI underscore Mike Singer. Yeah, good chat with Mike there for sure. A lot going on. Not only what's tangible but a whole lot of uncertainty as well. And I think that's what bothers everybody the most about this situation is we just don't know. I referenced 9-11 last week, and I couldn't hardly handle have one week, five days, whatever it was, of sports canceled. 
Now we don't know. We don't even know if we're going to have a 2020 football season. So, But we'll keep plugging away here and doing the best we can to keep you guys updated on what's going on at Notre Dame, what's going on outside of Notre Dame as far as recruiting. And like I said, we'll keep the torch burning every week as long as we can. Open to suggestions. You can find me at Todd Burlage on Twitter. If you have any story ideas, I am open to them like I've never been before. Thanks again to D.O. McComan Sons. We truly appreciate your support especially during these hard times. Folks, take care of yourself, wash your hands, be good, and we'll check with you next week. This has been a presentation of Optin Productions. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.